Hi, I'm Adam Summerton. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time Podcast. And it's a bit of an FA Cup special this week. We'll find out who was shocked, who comfortably got through, and who can wait, who has to wait another day to see who they'll get in the first round. As always, joining me on the phone is Rob Worrell. Hello, Rob. Yeah, hi, Luke. And joining us live from somewhere overseas is Tom Lang hello Tom hi guys so FA Cup day the fourth qualifying round it's always a lot of excitement around guys isn't there especially because for the National League clubs who come in the one game away from the FA Cup first round and we'll start off with the first shock and Eastley as we said he lost to Andy Hessenthaler a couple of weeks ago they lost the first home game against Aldershot in the league and then they were shocked at home against Hampton and Richmond Borough could we see that coming or not? Uh, I don't know. I think Eastley being the home side, Ben Strevens with everything to prove, you know, in his own application for the permanent job. I, d- I don't think I did, to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of respect, of course, for Hampton and Richmond. They've, you know, Tom's met with them and spoken with them recently, and uh, you know, they're they're in good nick. They've they've actually picked up really really well since they lost Dowson. So they would have been respected, but um, by all accounts, Eastley were pretty poor throughout the match. Uh, they weren't great against Aldershot last week and uh, Chris Dixon netted the winner four minutes from time and apparently it was quite well deserved from Hampton and Richmond so uh, um, yeah I mean Ben Strevens has made a lot of reference in both his post-match interviews to one of the job permanently but uh, as he rightly said himself yesterday that might well cost him it Tom has he flunked his audition a little bit Ben Strevens? Uh, I, d- I don't know if he's flunked his audition I think realistically Eastley might not look at this as the worst result in the world looking at their squad they've actually got quite a small squad for a National League season and maybe going out of the FA Cup before they start progressing isn't the worst thing that could have happened um, and they can focus on pushing further up the league and finishing as high as possible yeah as, as Rob says you know, Hampton and Richmond are not a side to be underestimated uh, Chris Dixon's already scored eight in the league this season and Gavin McCann's got them playing some really nice football uh, down at the Burberry Yes, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Ben Strevens. Uh, another game yesterday where there was drama Rob was um, at Wheelstone your mate Bobby Wilkinson he had a chance to get to the first round prop it was poised at 1-1 going into injury time Bradley Bubba had already scored one penalty he missed the second one it was saved Sutton went up the other end and Aaron Drinnen won it for Sutton and it was heartbreak for Wheelstone it was and you pretty much summed it up there Luke but yeah it was a tale of penalties the referee gave three in the match uh, obviously Bob missed the crucial one at the end Sutton felt they should have had one earlier as well when there was a pull on Kieran Cadogan but yeah Aaron Drinnen in the 93rd minute he pretty, I don't know whether he literally broke from the penalty miss at the other end but uh, it sounds as though it was late tense drama and there can't be much worse feeling in football than being level thinking you, you, you've got a massive opportunity to win the game right at the end not taking it and then ending up losing it. That's an absolute choker and uh, it'll be an absolute sickener for, for, for Wilston. Another game that we're going to look at is Maidstone against Leighton Orient. Two teams differing farm, Rob. Maidstone, who, since Harry Wheeler taken over, haven't quite had the new manager bounces yet, but they have been plugging away. And Leighton Orient, who we know, have been going really well in the National League. And it was Maidstone who came out winners in the end by two goals to nil. Yeah, and uh, fair play to Maidstone. They've backed the manager there. They've been able to bring in the signings. They've got great signing in the week, wasn't it? Elliot Romain from, from Dagenham. And he scored uh, to seal the win on his debut. But uh, by all accounts, a goal to look out for. Uh, when we start to see uh, them play back over on social media over the next few days Blair Turgut picking the ball up in his own half absolutely thriving there isn't he under the uh, management of Harry Wheeler there now eighth goal of the season took the ball from all the way in, all the way inside his own half so brilliant from Maidstone and Wheeler and Turgut but question marks from the Leighton Orient point of view and it'd be interesting to see you know what, what Tom thinks of this six changes yesterday we don't normally see too much of managers at this level, you know, bringing squad players in for FA Cup games. But uh, Edinburgh did so yesterday and he paid the price. 2 0 win for Mason. And Orient, I guess, will argue they need to concentrate on the league. Exactly. Is that it, Tom? Is it a case of Orient going for promotion and eventually, if they do get up, it's, it's a bigger prize than them getting through to the first round of the FA Cup? Uh, going out the cup could be a blessing in a way. Yeah, I mean, not 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 dissimilar to what I've just said about Eastleigh, really. I mean, Leighton Orient are they're they're a big club, aren't they? They, you know, I'm just looking through their record now. 
they've been fourth round, fifth round quarterfinals of the FA Cup before. For them, I think they will look at this as this is a season we have to get promoted. We've done the quarterfinals of the FA Cup before. We've got seasons to do that in the future. This season, we need to go up. It's a competitive league. We've got Salford looking very strong now. Uh, you know, we've got Wrexham looking very good. Unexpected packages like Harrogate and Solihull looking very good as well. We need to concentrate on the league. And we'll look at a couple of other shocks now. Tom, I mean, one, you were down at Met Police a few weeks ago, weren't you? And they pulled off probably the result of the weekend, beating Havant Waterlooville by a goal to nil. Now, I know Havant have been struggling internationally, maybe bereft of confidence, but you wouldn't have expected Met Police to have won that by a goal to nil, would you? No, you really wouldn't. And I agree with you that Havant and Waterlooville are struggling for confidence and form at the moment. I think they're fourth bottom. But you'd still think that the firepower of Alfie Pavey, Nicky Kabamba would be enough to see off a side in 15th at step three. But that said, I've been astonished by how well Met Police are doing this season, really. You know, I watched them dispatch Taunton, a good side, quite easily a few weeks ago. And having lost almost an entire squad and a long-standing manager in Jim Cooper, the work that the, the new team of Gavin McPherson in the hot seat, Steve Bagidi and John Nurse's assistants has done, is really fantastic. And up front, they've, they've really built on the defence that Cooper left behind. And the, the trio up front of Jack Mazzone, brought in from South Park, Max Blackmore and Bailey Mummery are, are really good when they're playing well together. Um, and it wasn't any real surprise that if Matt were to win, it was Jack Mazzone who scored the goal. Um, and uh, by all accounts, it was a, a wonder goal, a great strike from him. And he does have a habit of getting those. Um, and Met Police... Uh, into the first ra- into the first round. Yeah, you imagine there'll be a lot of focus on them now, Tom, mainly because of the name Met Police as well. Uh, there'll be a lot of uh, focus on them over this next week or so, won't there? Yeah, and I think um, for, for sides that don't, or sorry, for people that don't follow non-league, they will look at this and think, bloody hell, that's the Metropolitan Police Force playing in the first round of the FA Cup. Um, you know, it's the first time they've been there since 2012. We know, because we had a feature on them a few weeks ago, that they aren't really a police force side anymore. They are, you know, a Bostic, or sorry, a Southern League side now, who, who simply bear the name of the police force. But, you know, they're a good side. They've got a couple of games in hand. I think their position in 15th in the league is a slight misleading position. Uh, I'd expect them to go up a few places and, and yeah I'll be really interested to see firstly who they draw and secondly how they get on and talking of you said Met Police dispatched Taunton a few weeks ago well Taunton went to Billericay and got a really commendable 2-2 draw didn't they yesterday uh, they were they came back from twice falling behind didn't they uh, two goals from Moses Emmanuel and Taunton do you think they'll fancy themselves in the replay uh, I think Get you know, get the big stars of Billericay down to the Virador um, in some in Somerset, and yeah, they won't. They'll be looking to make a, a surprise there. Um, the most disappointed man in non-league football at the moment is Matt Wright, who missed a penalty to win it. He was pretty cut up about it on Twitter by the looks of things. But um, you know, Billericay Town have just signed the player of the caliber of Ross Lafayette. When you look at the the trio they've got up front available, Lafayette, Moses Emmanuel, Jake Robinson, you know, for any team from step three to come up and and almost beat them really is a fantastic result as you say Emmanuel got two Rocky Neal who joined from Truro and is there, is Taunton's top scorer so far this season um, got Taunton's first and then Ben Adelsbury got the equaliser Rocky Neal's been a real good addition to Taunton this season um, he came over from Truro he's a Plymouth lad he knows Matt Wright very well they, they both played all the way up through together in Plymouth they'll be quietly fancying their chances of an upset in, in the midweek replay yeah I'll be interested to see if Rocky can provide the knockout blow it's fair to say it's fair but horrible <laughs> thanks I need a new audience <laughs> right normally we do step three focus at the end of the pod but we're going to go a bit earlier today because Rob you saw probably one of the most informed step three teams at the minute along with Warrington I think and that is Kettering they travelled to Aldershot didn't they in the FA Cup and it's fair to say they gave Aldershot a really good game yeah they did give uh, it was a really really good game really interesting affair. first ever meeting between the two sides and uh, I spoke to uh, their manager uh, after the game but before the game uh, I spoke to uh, somebody I'm going to rename Mr Kettering uh, although his Twitter feed uh, is uh, at Northants legend legend in his own mind of course but a really really hard hard working person he's done so many roles at Kettering before the game I caught up with Peter Short Right it's FA Cup weekend fourth qualifying round that's for the right to get through to the first round proper 
and that's something uh, at the Ebb Stadium today which uh, Aldershot Town FC and Kettering Town FC will be fighting for the right for and uh, it'll be the first time the two clubs have met in their history and I really wanted to get somebody who kind of knew a bit or was involved a bit with Kettering Town and I don't think I could have got a better person I think other than playing and managing the team he does everything else uh, good afternoon uh, Peter Short afternoon Peter I can't possibly remember the long list just go through that list again of what you do for Kettering Town oh lord uh, so club photographer BBC Northampton correspondent non-league correspondent fanzine editor uh, as you say I probably served a few burgers at the time as well I was, I was assistant groundsman as a teenager so yes apart from actually uh, pl- uh, playing on the hallowed turf at Latimer Park you're about right Let's get on to Kettering Town. They played at my hometown, St. Neots, last week and won comfortably 3-0. Um, FA Cup's obviously different but going well in the league is it 8 wins a draw and 1 defeat exactly yes first draw on Tuesday night away at Tamworth one thing you'll look out for with Ketchum Town uh, their penalty conversion they've had 11 penalties so far this season converted all 11 of them and it's that uh, danger man Reese Honus that's going to be running into that box at absolute pace and well that's going to be Ketchum's uh, only one and only outlet I think today that, that you expect Oldershot to win this comfortably don't you Marcus Law has been in the local press saying Ketchum needs to be at 9s and 10s Older shot, he needs a bit threes and fours to get anything out of today. And uh, well, you, you know, form book is surely going to go the way today. Well, we all know it goes out the window, Peter, for the FA Cup. And the other thing is, uh, yeah, Aldershot have hit a little bit of form after a poor start in the league. But I'm, I'm a big, big believer that threes and fours won't be enough. I think Aldershot will probably need to be on at least sixes and sevens. If Kettering are on eight or nines, we could have a very, very good game. There is a bit of uh, previous for Aldershot in recent years. Done a bit of giant killing in their time, but in recent years, they've really struggled in the uh, FA Cup and also the FA Trophy. They haven't really been cr- progressing much beyond sometimes just the first round. For Kettering, I talked about Honus. Any other players that uh, you know people should look out for today and across this season? Well, football league experience you can't look beyond Marcus Kelly obviously formerly from Wrexham he's come to Kettering not because of money or anything like that purely because he lives in the area he's already looking at his future career so let's get that out of the way he's not mm. on a huge amount of money mm. uh, also we have to look at the immense defence Kettering have only let six goals in the league so far Declan Towers has been superb Luke Graham has just come over from Brackley former poppy for a long time Darrell Berry it's, these are names you're going to hear lots of because they're going to put in those last ditch tackles headers away off the line it's going to be a, a real fight to the death from the defence and let's see if they can maintain that excellent record they've had so far Kettering of course not unfamiliar uh, level to be playing against the team spent an awful lot of, uh, of, of Kettering's history in the top level of non-league and sort of glorious runners up I think over the years I think four times runners up in the conference level and, and also runners up in the FA Trophy you're probably too young to have gone did you go? Uh, I went to the year 2000 to the, uh, the last one Kettering of course sent to score in the last ever penalty at Wembley uh, Craig Norman in that 3-2 defeat so, uh, against uh, Kingstonian but uh, yes we, we've always been the bridesmaids haven't we uh, on the big stage certainly and you can't get a bigger stage on non-league than this it's just lovely to be in a proper football ground actually no offence to the people catching play week in week out we can't talk the Latimer Park ground is nothing like our old ground of Rockingham Road in the old days big massive main stand but it's just nice to be in somewhere where there's an atmosphere a lovely uh, roof right in front of me here for the Kettering fans to make a bit of noise later and and this will only spur people on this is where Kettering want to be you ask Kettering if they can get a, a plum first round tie or if they can get into the Conference North sorry National League North uh, next season it with the National League North every day but this is a lovely distraction they'll give it their all of course they will do they want it they'll be in front of people uh, looking to see if they can get themselves into a higher uh, division if not we're catching with another team this is a perfect stage to do it and look at this surface as well excellent Really good stuff. Final word about Kettering and just with regards to the FA Cup specifically, uh, whilst at the moment this season and the level that uh, Kettering are at, it would be tremendous to get to the first round proper. Bit of history, fourth round proper, twice. Uh, yeah, you speak to people, they won't talk about those league games, they'll talk about those great FA Cup days. Blackburn Rovers away in 89, they'll always, sorry, 92 they'll talk about that. Um, Charlton Athletic more recently, Fulham at home about eight, nine years ago, that was fantastic. Leeds United, they held Leeds United uh, for 180 minutes uh, uh, three or four seasons ago they're the days you remember this is the third time now they've been at the fourth round qualifying they fell down at that stage uh, twice now it's the third time lucky hopefully for the poppies and a, th- and a club legend haven't you he's done everything he's even switched on the, the town's Christmas lights <laughs> Brett Brett Sulkin is that how you say his name? Brett Sulkin yes oh you shouldn't read what you used to read on Twitter but yes no Kettering Angel uh, funnily enough they, uh, last year when he was due to do that uh, they, they put a load of Christmas lights inside the changing room right before for him to turn on and, uh, he's known as the Kettering 
Hamstring Angel because he always delivers. And uh, yes, he hit 100 mark, 100 goal mark so far this season. 523 appearances. We don't hear that very often in football these days, do we? Uh, he actually disappeared to Brackley Town a couple of years ago just for a couple of seasons while Kettering were in a bit of turmoil. He came back. He could be club record player right now, but uh, he's got another couple more years in him, certainly. He's 30, doing so well at 35, 36. And uh, he's one, again, you're going to have to look out for. Right, we've set it all up nicely. We'll see how it all pans out today and uh, see if we can get some Kettering reaction after the game, either back with Peter or somebody on the uh, on the playing or management side. Bring on the FA Cup. And that was Peter Short. And Rob, a really impressive guy. And say, fortunately, his team couldn't quite do the business on the game. And it sounded like a really professional performance from all the shot in the end. Yeah, it was. Uh, Kettering started brightly. They didn't look overawed at all, but... Uh, Shot had a, had a couple of decent early chances and they took one of those through Scott Randell uh, and they did actually control the first half really well it was it was quite a solid performance from them but they didn't kick on second half Kettering gave them some real problems and to be fair about it um, they could well have had a penalty and uh, Lewis Kinsella might have been sent off for a tackle on Harness for which he picked up a yellow card Ultimately, though, uh, the win was sealed by uh, a glorious 30-yard strike from uh, Adam McDonnell on his uh, on his 50th appearance for Aldershot since joining from uh, Ipswich Town. And, uh, yeah, the shots progressed to the next round, but Kettering could be very, very proud um, of their efforts. And uh, they were feeling a little bit sore afterwards, too, and understandably so. I caught up with uh, Marcus Law after the game. So, uh, a, a big day for Kettering Town, and uh, I'm joined by their manager, Marcus Law, who I think quite rightly could uh, could feel a little bit unlucky right now. Uh, Marcus, your team performed so gallantly out there, particularly in the second half. Uh, what's your overriding thoughts and emotions at the end of the game? Um, I, I get often asked the question, do uh, do I enjoy football? And no, I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a football fan. Um, you see, I'm not a football fan. I don't come just to have fun. Uh, we come and uh, we do our work. Um, my, my boys today, uh, we've got three or four who've, who've been at the conference before. In fact, we've got like five or six who uh, a couple of years back. So we, we believed if we did it right, we did things uh, correctly, we stay in the game on a very organised, a very technical passing team. Um, even if it's 1-0 at, at half-time, we felt as long as we're in the game, we're then, we'll then we have our moments and we give it a go. And that, that certainly was the case. Uh, probably 10 minutes into the second half, we've had a good 25-minute period uh, to get hit by a, a soccer punch from a, an absolute fantastic finish um, that followed um, probably two one-on-ones we should have took um, and two big decisions from the referee. So four decisions that um, didn't go our way. Well, the boys listening or who do this podcast with me will know I'm always honest and uh, I have to say uh, I thought uh, it probably was a penalty uh, and, and it could easily have been a, a red card, not a yellow for uh, Lewis Kinsella. Difficult question this one, and, and, and but I, I really want to ask it. Do you think possibly, and you can't talk about what's in a referee's mind, but there were a few occasions in the game where possibly Honus went down a little bit easily. Uh, uh, referees don't ever want to be made a fool of, but he has to give the decision, the correct one, on its merits yeah, yeah, yeah. on the occasion, doesn't he? If a player dangles his leg yeah. and he's nowhere near the ball and he, touch, and he takes the player, the question's got to be asked. You know, people say, oh, you've had your fair share of penalties. Penalties are penalty. I don't care if I get nine penalties in one game. A foul is a foul. Uh, there was a lot of pushing from behind. And uh, I get told, well, you know, if we keep doing that, we'll start the game. A foul is a foul. If a player is gaining an advantage from play that's against the rules, then they've got to be pulled up for it regardless. You know, you can't play. On, a referee's not there to play percentages. We've seen the picture. The goalkeeper, his hands are on my player and blocking my player. The referee's words to the fourth official was his hands have gone out. Well, his hands are clearly nowhere near it. So he's made up what he saw uh, quite clearly to make a comfortable decision at a conference club uh, who are at home. And uh, I see that uh, well, in my time in the conference when I was playing bigger clubs and playing um, uh, against lesser teams, it, it does make, uh, it does sort of swing that way. And whether it, I don't think it's done deliberately. I just think it's just uh, a case of valuing the op- the opposition as um, not on that level. And uh, I've got four or five players last year were in and around conference clubs, so uh, I know we we we, we were going to ask questions of the opposition today. Admittedly, I said they would have to be a load of fours and threes. We would have to be tens and nines. Um, 
I actually think we, we still had a good chance and there was probably six and sevens for them. Very, very honest, refreshing thoughts, Marcus. Congratulations um, on the run until this point. Good luck for the rest of the Thank season you. in the league, flying in the uh, Southern League Central Premier Division. Have I got that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of a Sounds like a train station, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, look, we've just had a word in there. And, and like I mentioned, we're not here to have fun. We've got winners in that dressing room and they're bitterly disappointed we didn't take our chances. Bitterly disappointed we've conceded two goals. We've now got a, a regroup. We've got two cup games coming up and then we hit November where we got a big November in the league and um, our players have got to show the winning mentality and, uh, and, and whoever we play against we've got to put in a performance very similar to today Brilliant, thank you very much Marcus That was Marcus Law and yeah as you say probably slightly disappointed because they've been on a good run and I imagine they'll um, they feel maybe they didn't do, do themselves a, a justice really in the end Yeah I mean I think they did pretty much everything they could within there and it was difficult they they knew that they were going to spend a lot of time without the ball and they set up to very so- be very solid. They played a 4-5-1. And I think whilst Honus is undoubtedly a brilliant outlet for him, apparently he's, he's won the vast majority of the 11 penalties they have won this season. Let's remind ourselves we're on the 20th or 21st of October. They've, they've, they've won 11 penalties. They've converted 11 penalties. But uh, that, the decision went against them yesterday. Uh, credit to Peter Shaw after the game. He was very, very buoyant despite the result and uh, he was kind enough not to harp on about those refereeing decisions. I caught up with him for a quick wrap-up after the game. Well, just a quick wrap-up here with Peter Shaw as well, who we spoke to, Mr Kettering, does everything for Kettering. Peter, you must be a mixture of proud and slightly frustrated with a couple of key refereeing decisions, but uh, your side equipped themselves well this afternoon. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to talk about the refereeing decisions. I won't. Kettering were blown out of the water actually first half I think Aldershot clearly showed their class in the first half but you're right proud in the second half they matched their National League opponents blow for blow and as you say a couple of key moments there was a tackle right in front of this stand here which as soon as the crowd got oh it suggested it was a big moment and then I've shown you the photo I've, I, I took it. it it was the most blatant penalty you'll give I don't think Will Mannion should be on the pitch after that really that goes to one all hopefully if it's converted that's such a different game you're probably coming back to Latimer Park see me on Tuesday we're not but don't worry about that as you say I'm rightly proud Kettering of their number one uh, thing to do this year is to get out of the Southern League Central get into the National League North or South and on that showing they're well on their way to doing that and it clears the way doesn't it there's the, there's the old cliches we could use but it does clear the clear the way it clears the mind and it's a reminder of that primary objective and uh, you're in pole position you're in a good position in the league absolutely right I mean local rivals to us Brackley they obviously won the FA Trophy last year but their league form they were challenging for the title of the National League North could have been the National League uh, National now but they weren't and I, I'm certain that it's purely because of that, that cup run it's don't get me wrong, £25,000 in the coffers would be lovely towards our new ground. Mm. goes on towards playing its manager, but we can't be doing with Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday again. As you say, the clear objective is let's get out of this league. This was a lovely day out. It was nice. Gorgeous day here. Uh, and lovely has been a proper stadium. And this is just, as you say, clears the focus of the mind. This is where we want to be week in, week out, not just on once or twice on a Saturday. So that was Peter Shart and... It just wasn't Kettering's day in the end, but from what you've seen on the evidence, Rob, do you think we'll be seeing them as a National League South club next season? I think we might be seeing them as a National League North side. They're in that kind oh, of yeah. bracket, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, with the likes of Brackley and also Hereford, where you know it's debatable which way they might go uh, when they come in, in into those leagues. But I think traditionally, I think historically, when Kettering uh, have been at that level, they've played in the uh, National League North, and yeah, I think they've got a great chance of uh, appearing there next season. They've got some decent, decent players and uh, a very good organised manager who was really hurting yesterday. As I say, he's not in football for the enjoyment. Uh, he's a winner, and he's got players in that squad who are winners, and uh, I expect Kettering to kick on. Yeah, of course, we've got Mr Kettering, Brett Salkin, who's been around since the year dot, I think. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he's carrying on throughout the season and next year think about what you said about the National League North National League South thing I'm looking at the National League table and the bottom four teams are all London or further south could see quite some teams from quite a long way south playing in the Northern League next year yeah I think Ah. I think Brackley's the further south at the minute isn't it in terms of location wise in the north I mean it's interesting what you say Tom because I know Hereford they were a bit sore about being put in the National League North but I think it, that was always going to be the case when they were the original Hereford club if they got relegated they were going to go into the North I think they felt that 
really it would have been better for them to go into the south and they've lost they lost a few players over it but um, they're going to get their heads down and get on with it and it, it is interesting just for the geographical side of it really how many northern teams as you say are further down south than you'd expect yeah I mean I'm looking at just looking at the table and as I say sort of Haven and Waterlooville Dagenham and Redbridge Dover and Braintree at the bottom four in the National League and then above them you've got Maidstone and Maidenhead not far away if four of those six go down I think you could be looking at teams like Gloucester Oxford potentially being rezoned into the Northern League because of how many northern league northern teams are going to stay in step one. I mean, Oxford City did have um, did have one season in the National League North a few years ago. They stayed up and then were moved across to the south the following season. Gloucester been perennially in the National League North for a few years, moved across to the south two seasons ago. So it depends on Gloucester's ground situation, especially because they've not started building the ground yet. Hopefully they will move back to Gloucester. But if they play playing in Evesham again, then it would make sense for them to be in the north because they're in the Birmingham area then. We'll have to wait and see what's happening on the ground there. And speaking of the ground situation, you know, if Truro stick with this much longer, they might as well end up playing in the National League North. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an interesting trip, wouldn't it, for Blythe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, interesting. No, let us know. Um, let us know your thoughts on that. Tweet us at NL Full Time, and, and just let us know. Um, maybe somebody from the leagues can let us know, or somebody who's well in with these things. How would it be restructured? Get in touch. We'd be really interested to know, and we can continue that debate later on in the season. R- Rob, just a, just a quick one, really. On your hometown, Saint Neots, say uh, they couldn't quite carry on the dream. Could they lost four 0 at Alfreton Town, but they've had a great run in the competition, haven't they? They've had a good run, and, and and I didn't really hold out much hope for them getting through that game yesterday. But uh, nevertheless, uh, must have been wretched for them. I, I, I think they were three 0 down in 15 minutes. The game was over. I think that would have been the worst thing yesterday. They wouldn't have expected to progress, but you know that period of the game where it's still nil nil, or maybe just getting the first goal. You know. Uh, and unfortunately neither happened for them and, uh, and that brought about an end to it um, but uh, yeah well done Sydney it's a, a plucky effort in the FA Cup this year and uh, you know something to try and build on in future years It was a similar situation for Dunstan against Gateshead in their televised match as well they were 1-0 down after four minutes I think and I just remember when Arsenal played against Lincoln City in the FA Cup a few years back and Nicky Cowley said I play it in uh, 10 minute games I want to be level at the first 10 minutes and at the second 10 minutes. And as you say, if you can get into half an hour at nil-nil, you start to think this could be our day. But when it's four minutes in, you've already lost that first 10-minute game. You've got to, that, that head, heads go down quickly, don't they? Yeah, they were four nil down after 27 minutes, eight Neots. So uh, unfortunately, no, um, no first round glory for them. Rob, thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. Yeah, sorry, got to shoot off early, boys. Have a good one. Can't wait to listen. Another team who made it through to the first round of the FA Cup, this time for the second year in a row, was Slough Town. They got a two-on win away at Eastbourne Borough. And I caught up earlier on with the Slough Town joint manager, Neil Baker. Join us on the line now to talk about their great victory and into the first round of the FA Cup and the season so far is Slough Town's joint manager, Neil Baker. Baker. Hello, Neil. How are we doing? All right? Yeah, brilliant. Cheers. You, you're in the first round of the FA Cup again, second season in a row, Neil. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, brilliant, brilliant achievement for the club um, and the players. I mean, it's predominantly a lot of the players that we had last season. So, you know, to get here again is, is no mean feat, I think. And uh, to be honest, we probably we probably didn't think we would get here Um Couple of a uh, couple of earlier rounds, we you know we struggled through. Um, you know we drew twice at home to lower lower ranked teams and fortunately beat them in uh, away replays. So a uh, fantastic result yesterday, and, and now we can all look forward to the uh, draw on Monday. Yeah, and you got off to a great start, didn't you? I mean Ben Harris scored from just six minutes in from his own half as well. Unbelievable goal! I mean, uh, I think uh, David Beckham, you know, became a bit of a bit of a national name off the back of uh, his goal against Wimbledon all those years ago and, and Ben's was uh, as good if not better to be honest and uh, I mean I'm sure it, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that will see see the, the video of that goal it's an incredible strike and you know to put you one nil up so early in the game it was a, it was a brilliant brilliant start for us yeah you ought to be cruising but then with 20 minutes left Alfie, Rutherf- Alfie <coughs> Rutherford pulled one back and it was probably a nervous last 15 minutes or so wasn't it yeah, absolutely. Listen, you know, when, when there's only a goal in the game, you, you know, you're always liable to, you know, concede or, or something like that. But I have to say, we defended brilliantly on the day. Um, and I think after they actually scored their, scored their goal, they didn't actually create too much, too many opportunities. So, 
you know, although although we you never you never completely safe, I felt we were relatively comfortable, and uh, you know, it's a it's a brilliant brilliant win for us. Well, there's a lot at stake, I suppose, as well, not only financially, but you, again, getting to the first round of the FA Cup, it's it's there's a lot there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, the financial, the money in it, it's just incredible now, you know, the fact that it's all been doubled. I mean, we've earned, funnily enough, more in prize money um, than we did last year, getting to the second round and coming in a round earlier. So, you know, that, that shows what that does. And, and as you say, it's, it's, it's what can happen in the in the next round, you know. Um, all you need is the luck of the draw. You know, you get a, a decent draw, you know, albeit at home, you know, against a, a, a good league side, you know, potentially TV or, you know, one of the big boys away from home. You know, it's uh, for, a, for a club like Slough, it's financially, you know, important and, and wonderful to be involved in. In terms of you, last year, you got knocked out by Rochdale eventually, but what would you learn this year? If you got another home tie against the league club, what, what did you learn from that Rochdale game last year? You know, there was it was it was fine margins uh, against Rochdale. Um, you know, we 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 went in one nil down at half time, and, and we missed a we missed a really good chance at, at the beginning of the uh, sorry at the end of the first half. And and uh, you know, on another day, you know, it, it could have been a lot closer. And I think the two goals right near the end glossed glossed over the result. Um, you know, I thought we were quite competitive in that game, and to be honest, it wouldn't have changed an awful lot. Um, we actually played a different formation than we we normally. Well, than, than we always have done, um, and that was based on sort of injuries that we would had leading up into the game. So, um, I think if if we were to play a league side again, we'd be a bit bit bolder and a bit braver, and um, you know we'd we'd take it to them and you know see see what happens. And listen, it's the FA Cup, isn't it? So anything can happen. And in terms of the league, you got promoted last season. You played twelve games. You're only out of the playoffs on goal difference. You must be pleased with your start in the National League South as well. Yeah, no, it's been brilliant. I mean, we, up until yesterday, we were in the playoffs. I mean, we were up, we were up to fifth before last Saturday, and I think Dartford won yesterday, which just pushed us into eighth. Um, but no, it's, it's been a, a, a really good start for us. Um, I think you know, talking to a few of the other managers in the league, you know, they they know that we're competitive. They know that we can we can cause a few problems. Um, we can play. We can be direct, and uh, and we've got a few few different weapons that we we use. And uh, you know, we're, we're delighted. You know, we didn't make too many changes because we didn't feel we needed to. And 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 to be fair, the players have, have backed our our judgment on that one. And I'm sure that you know, over the course of the season, we might have to make one or two other tweaks. But uh, on the whole, we're we're, we're we're delighted with what we've got. What are the expectations for this season, Neil? Because you, I, I described when we spoke to Scott Davis earlier in the season, you just draw nil nil with Torquay, and I described yeah. you as a sleeping giant. I always remember you being up there knocking it like yeah. FA Cups back in the nineties. Slough always seemed to get to the first round every year, and it seems like a sleeping giant with your your three G pitch as well. I mean, is the ambitions there to reach the national league? Yeah, I think I think it has to be. Um, I mean, from our point of view, there there, there certainly is. Um, you know, we 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 haven't gone around shouting about we're going to do this, we're going to do that this season because we're, we'd have been mad to. But you know, twelve games in into the season, you know, we've we've played a lot of the sides, we've seen a lot of the teams. Um, you know, we we feel that there's there's nothing that we have to fear. You know, nothing that we're miles behind. And and uh, I think you only have to use uh, Braintree as an example last season. You know, predominantly a, a side that was put together from um, you know uh, some Enfield players from Ryman Prem who who ended up finishing. I think they finished sixth and ended up um, getting promoted. So you know, anything can happen. Um, we're we're ambitious as managers. I mean, we've we've already had two promotions, myself and John, with with Slough and and we're looking for that third so um from the from the club's point of view the crowds are growing week on week and um you know fa cup runs help with that and and, and if we can keep pushing on then then why, why not well excellent stuff neil um thanks for joining us and best of luck fingers crossed that you get a good draw in the first round on monday perfect thanks ever so much for your time so that was neil baker and tommy it was full of beans they've had a they've had a great season so far as i said just outside the playoffs on goal difference and three to the first round yet again yeah they've had a great start to the season haven't they well i said i didn't expect them to uh, to be doing this well this quickly um when you look through their results and their goal scorers um i don't think they've got anyone who scored more than four goals um, so to be where they are, having only scored 16 goals so far this season, is a real testament to the strength they've got across the, the squad defensively. And if they could add a striker, they could be a real threat in that league. He says they're ambitious. Can you see them as being um, promotion prospects? Uh, not this season, I don't think. Not this season, I don't think. I think gives them a season solidifying at National League South level, and they've definitely got the potential to to push further up the leagues. 
Um, they get decent attendances in Slough. Uh, I think they're one of the higher attendances in the league this season. Um, and there's definite potential for the club to grow. Another another couple of upsets yesterday. Uh, Charlie, they came from 2-0 down at home to Barrow. They were 2-0 down at half-time. Rod back to win by three goals to two. And you can see why Charlie are unbeaten in the league this season. They've got that strength of character, haven't they, Tom, as well as... The, well, the players really, and uh, despite going behind it, they fought back. And um, what a great win that is for Charlie! Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, I'll, I'll put it back to you really because they still haven't lost in the league. They've come from behind to beat Barrow. You know, is was that an audition for how they'll fare next season in the national league? Potentially. I mean, they've got a great team spirit. They've got quite a settled side there. They've only brought in a couple of new players. Louis Olman's coming this year. He's a great signing at that level, and. Jimmy Vermiglio was is delighted. He said he called it phenomenal, and he, he described Marcus Carver as a pest to play against. And Marcus Carver has played at Accrington in the past and done quite well in the football league. For Ian Everett, he described his he described his side's performance as unacceptable and embarrassing, and he's he's hauled them in for extra training on the Sunday morning. So they'll be looking for a response at Barrow, and hopefully it it won't let them affect their league form. Another couple of results at Warrington against Halifax, two each there. Warrington fell behind then with 2-1 up and then uh, were pegged back late on but Paul Carden describes Halifax uh, as getting out of jail a little bit and I saw loads of um, plaudits for Warrington in the way they, they outpassed Halifax so that'll be an interesting replay up at the Shea on Tuesday evening and another one here Tom Chesterfield a really good win 3-1 at Fylde now whether Fylde again maybe took their eye off the ball because they're looking for promotion who knows but could that kickstart Chesterfield's season I hope so I really do and I think that going away to somewhere like Fylde which is a difficult place to play and getting a 3-1 result You'd like to think it will kickstart their season. They have improved their form gradually over the last couple of weeks. Um, where I am overseas, I've actually got a Chesterfield fan with me, and he really wasn't expecting anything yesterday. Um, when I was sat, I think we were watching James Bond at the time, and I was sat and I told him that they were 2 1 up. He couldn't believe his ears. So, yeah, really good result for Chesterfield. Um, just going back to that Warrington match that you're talking about, I know we spoke in the summer about how Warrington had probably gone as far as they could when they got to the semi-finals of the playoffs last season how much of a vindication would a first round place in the FA Cup be for the decisions they made at the club over the summer yeah it's a, it's a strange when everyone thought they were really going to struggle they seemed to let a few players go and I think um, up until last week they conceded less than Charlie in the league they were sitting pretty at the top of the Evo stick they've been knocked off the Evo stick since by Scarborough but they're a really good side I know Chris Pratt has seen them a couple of times he says they're the best team uh, in that division he's seen so uh, yeah again they've got a good manager in Paul Carden they've recruited well I mean they've brought in Jack Dunn haven't they Jack Dunn who was at Tranmere last year so he, they, that's a really good signing for them and they've got really good players up front and Paul Carden who's been there and done it mainly to assistant to Gary Brabin but he's got those contacts as well and yeah I think Warrington are, are surprising a few people in terms of the people they let go over the summer but certainly not you Tom because you've seen them play as well and I think they'll be up there up there pushing and I think next year they'll want to be in the National League now yeah and you know, if they can continue this progress they absolutely deserve to be don't they a couple of teams who got through tricky ties yesterday were Dover away at Concord they won by one one goal to nil at Con uh, Concord thanks to uh, Eno Effiang the Andy Hessenthaler renaissance continued and a Frankie Raymond goal uh, got Bromley through at Gloucester two tricky away times for two teams there and uh, they've come through them Tom yeah they have um, I, I don't think I'm surprised by either of those results but those banana skins are always there to be slipped on aren't they um, and I think the other side who really avoided the fate of being the giant killed was Torquay United who hosted Winchester City from step four uh, and they pretty comfortably dispatched them 4-1. Uh, that's their first time in the first round for five years. And I've got to say, I've been really impressed with Torquay since Gary Johnson's come in. He's got them scoring. Um, they, I think they were one of the lowest scorers in the league when he arrived. He's helped Jamie Reid find his confidence. And uh, their loanee from Bristol City, Saiku Jane, got one of the goals yesterday. And if you haven't seen it yet, have a watch of his interview when he joined, because it is comedy gold. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely get onto that. Another quick one before we look at a couple more upsets, Tom. Is um, really good result. I know you wanted to point this out for Weston. A good result for Weston. They're at the bottom of the National League South, not had a win all season. They hosted Bath City, whose fans said during the week, "Well, we always seem to slip up at this stage, but it's Weston who've not been going well. We should win this." And, and Weston turned the tables and won in the end. Yeah, I mean, I think that's about as big of an upset as you will get within one division. Bath City are fifth in the form tables. 
They are fifth in the actual tables. And Western Supermare haven't won a single game all season. They've conceded 25 goals and they've got two points. That is a home bank, or that is a Bath City banker for my money. Um, so for Western Supermare to take the win and progress to the first round, that £25,000 that they'll get from that, if they can use it to help build their squad, that could be the result, even though it's not in the league, that saves their league season. It could well be, and it could have said, yeah, I mean, money-wise as well, it's massive. It'll help Western maybe strengthen over their rivals down at the bottom. We'll focus on the National League South shortly, but I know another game, another couple of games you want to talk about, Tom. Um, we'll get to Haringey versus Poole in a minute, but first of all, Chippenham. I mean, Maidenhead, they haven't been in great form in the National League, but really good uh, comeback by Chippenham, equalising injury time, didn't they? And, um, do you think they'll fancy the chances in the replay? I mean, they'll, they'll fancy their chances. They, they'll have to go there and, and believe that they can win. Um, I personally don't fancy their chances. Um, that's not to say I don't think Chippenham are a good side. I do. Um, it certainly sounds, reading about it, as though Chiff, Chippenham had the best of the chances yesterday. It looks like James Guthrie and Mike Jones both had chance to win it. But Maidenhead, I think they'll be stronger at home. York Road's uh, a pretty tight ground. It'll be interesting to see how Chippenham get on there. Alan Devonshire knows how to set his sides up, doesn't he? And in terms of managers, uh, a nice moment for Chippenham's manager, Mark Collier, when the 95th minute equaliser was set up by one sub, Carnell Chambers, and scored by another, Mike Jones. Yeah, he's earned his, uh, he's earned his money there, and he with his subs. Yeah. Certainly there, Mike Collier. I know that just slipping down into um, two teams who aren't in that, the, the National Leagues, but Haringey versus Poole. Poole, who were in the National League South last year, been going well this year, but they slipped up 2-1 at Haringey. Yes, they did. Um, Haringey, uh, under Tom Lozu, they're playing at the highest level that the club's ever been playing at, Bostic Premier League. So it's two step three sides against one another, one in 16th, I think one in 12th, and Haringey took the win. Um, it's now not only the first time they've played at this level, but the first time they've ever reached the first round of the FA Cup as well. Um, and it looks like they've got a real player in Joel Newblay there and he's already got seven in the league this season Haringey like I say they're 16th but they've got a couple of games in hand and I wouldn't bet against them riding this form and moving up the table a little bit they've had such a progression Haringey I mean I was reading about it last year in an only paper and they've gone from playing basically local parks football for 40 people watching to well nearly 200 people now and it's such a massive boost for them not only for the money but the exposure I mean they can really push on now I think they've got they've got a 3G pitch which helps them and they'll really push on with the money that they're going to get from this cut run yeah massively and, and we talk about 3G pitches a lot don't we um, and I went to Harangi Borough in the summer for one of the Conifer World Cup games and Coles Park's a good little ground um, and the pitch there will enable them to bring in more money to the club and what's what's lovely about um Harangay Borough as well is they're, they're such a community club um, I think they're completely fan and community run um, so seeing them up in step three and in the first round of the FA Cup is just a real testament to non-league football We're talking about money Harangay are earning money there's a couple of other teams who are struggling financially a little bit Ebsleet there's rumours going around that the uh, the money weight may well not be there anymore and you also look at teams like Dagenham who've been struggling he had to be taken over Nuneaton Borough it potentially their last game on Saturday they, they lost 6-0 at home to Bradford in the National League North but I know all the fans want to be there to see him and a couple of other teams Tom and it's difficult when you see teams like Bill Ricky and Salford spending money and other teams try to match them and it doesn't always happen does it? Well no exactly um, and as you say Ebsley are a great case in point you know we've talked for a few years really about how they you know they're one of the clubs in the league who are able to spend spend quite well but now uh, Dr Al Noemi, the chairman, has decided, or owner rather, has decided that he wants to see the club run sustainably and the tap's almost been turned off. Um, a couple of Darren McMahon's assistants have left in the week. Um, it looks like Darren McMahon's job is safe, but he is going to have to be cutting the cloth over the next few weeks into uh, the winter months. Um, and it is galling, isn't it, when you see the likes of Salford who are able to spend £375,000 supposedly on Adam Rooney that they haven't you know, they're not generating that through the club, are they? Um, and then only two leagues below, Thamesmead Town, have just gone into liquidation this week because they've only taken £11 across their last two home games. It really emphasises that we talk about, you know, the community and family atmosphere in non-league football, but there still are haves and have-nots. Um, and it's really sad to see. I mean, you know a lot more than I do about what's going on up at Nuneaton Borough. A 6-0 loss yesterday in what could be their last ever game. Yeah, I think Chris touched on it last week. It's not like 
they owe a lot of money to creditors. It's just that there's there's no money coming in either. It's it's a tricky one because Export Vale's well, he's not Export Vale, he's actually the Port Vale chairman at the minute, Norman Smirthwaite's purchased the ground. They're not sure what's happening there, the fans are turning against him. So you've got you've got <laughs> two sets of fans who hate one one person. It's it's strange because Port Vale fans can't stand him either. Lee Thorne, he was in charge, he left during the summer and it's all up in the air. There's been lots of tweets going out, and it does feel like the end is nigh, unfortunately, for Nuneaton. And as we said last week, we wish them all the best, and hopefully that they can turn a corner. And, well, we wish all the clubs who are in financial trouble well. We do, you don't want to see any clubs go to the wall. Uh, but if they do, they always come back stronger. You look at Halifax, you look at Hereford, and I suppose, in a way, it does bring the community together in that sense, Tom. Yeah, it does. And, and you can see, you know, I think, I think I've seen the MP for... Uh, whatever constituency Nuneaton is in has said that everybody needs to be getting down to the club and helping them uh, survive. I think a lot of the time these the words of the people in, of, uh, prominent people in the community aren't necessarily matched by actions and you know when you look at Nuneaton they're having cold showers, the lights are going off in the middle of team talks, it's so difficult to see how a club can come back from that Yeah and just finishing up on the FA Cup a couple of results that stand out uh, again, Stockport County, they beat Altrincham there into the first round. Most notable of that game yesterday was being sponsored by the band Blossoms, who are Stockport lads, and they, they picked Scott Duxbury as a man of the match. So if you get man of the match in that, you'd be pretty chuffed to be presented your reward from them. Also, Salford, they got through a tricky tie at Marine to get through to the first round as well. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Uh, there seems to be a real upsurge ups, or upswell in interest in, in the non-league football at the moment from... Uh, indie bands with uh, the Libertines are sponsoring Margate um, Margate in the, the Bostic Prem- Premier League their club kit has the Libertines emblazed on it and Carl Barat's quite often seen down at the ground so if you're a Libertines fan worth getting down to indeed rock and roll football eh? <laughs> let's uh, let's have a look now at the National League North and South hi everyone I'm Martin Tyler you are listening to the NL full time podcast and we'll start off with the, the National League North there was four games played in the National League North yesterday most notable was second top against second bottom Kidderminster hosted FC United they went ahead again Ed Williams scoring yet again he's in uh, high demand but FC United fought back back through two goals from Lloyd Bannister although FC United now do have a manager he starts work on Monday it's Neil Reynolds who's signed from Bamber Bridge and a massive fillip for them and a bit of a surprise for Kidderminster so it'll be interesting to see how Neil Reynolds can work his his magic down at Broadhurst Park Another interesting result, Tom, was Darlington beating Boston United. Boston ended up with with nine men, really. Craig Elliott said he was really pleased with the performance despite them losing. But interesting breaking news out of there is that Rich Stites seems to have gone and left the club uh, for £60,000. The rumoured club is be Alfreton Town. I'm sure the news will break later on in the week. But uh, a big blow, that, for Darlington, Tom. Yeah, it will be. I mean... It's a surprising move uh, for Reed Stice. I know we spoke about it uh, off air beforehand, and he said it's closer to where he lives, so I understand that. But he's a good goal scorer, isn't he? Um, and he's just come off the back of two good performances for Gibraltar as well. He's gone to a direct rival in the, in the league as well, so that will really sting Darlington, I think. You've just mentioned about Ed Williams as well, and he seems to be having a really great start to the season with Kidderminster, if we can still really call it a start to the season in October. But um, when I was harangued by some Gloucester fans pre-season for predicting them to struggle he was the one name that cropped up as being a big loss um, and obviously he's now been capped by England C this season as well and, and how's he fitted in really up in the National League North well I think he scored yeah he scored in um, I think it's 7-7 seven seven now and he's being watched by the likes of Aston Villa as well there's teams all over the, the football league pyramid looking at him from the Championship down to League 2 and I think Kidderminster fans resigned to losing him in the summer I think they'd, be, they'd take losing him in the summer if he helped getting promoted though to the National League yeah that would be a decent a decent little trade off yeah so it'd be interesting to see if Kidderminster can do that they played Charlie in about a month's time they missed out it slipped up really they could have gone within two points of Charlie had they won on Saturday as we mentioned Nuneaton Borough they lost 6-0 at home to Bradford Park Avenue and that's boosted Bradford Park Avenue's goal difference no end it's put them up into third position and it's not like they've played a game more than everyone else as well Bradford so they're up there on merit 
and also Brackley, really good win for them over Inform Spennymoor. They're now a point just behind Spennymoor, Brackley, and um, a good recovery there after falling behind in that game. In the other in the other game in the north as well, Curzon Ashen got a good win against Telford, who uh, are on the cusp of the playoffs now. They're in the last playoff place after a really good start to the season. In the National League South, there was only two games played yesterday, Tom, and as we heard from Neil Baker earlier, the Dartford winning meant that it knocked Slough out of the playoffs in the end. Yeah, it did, and Dartford, have, uh, they've gradually improved their form. Um, I said at the beginning of the season uh, that it would take a while for the legacy of Tony Berman to stop sort of um, casting a shadow over what Adam Flanagan was trying to do there, and particularly with Alfie Pavey going out of the door as well. They came from behind against Dulwich Hamlet yesterday, um, and they're now unbeaten in five. They've got three wins on the bounce, and they've brought in Charlie Sheringham from Hemel Hampstead. And uh, he scored his second goal since arriving a couple of weeks ago. Adam Flanagan struggled to find a striker he wants. He uh, made the what now looks like a pretty bad decision to let Alex Wall leave after he signed him in the summer. Um, but maybe Sheringham's the man to to drive Dartford up the league. And uh, yeah, good 2-1 win for them. And uh, the other game had in, uh, ramifications down the bottom of the league where East Thurrock beat Hungerford Town 2-1. Danilo Orsi Dodomo got his third goal for Hungerford since joining from East Thurrock, but it wasn't enough uh, as Roman Michael Purcell equalised and Stevie Sheehan went on to give East Thurrock the three points. East Thurrock are now a point ahead of Hungerford Town in the race for survival. Yeah, and both those goals for East Thurrock as well came deep into injury time. That'll be a blow to Ian Herring, won't it? I mean, it, they probably would have thought it's a good away win against a rival. It keeps us out of the relegation zone, but... It's, it's put them into the relegation zone after that defeat now. Well, exactly. Um, and as I say, Roman Michael Purcell got the equaliser. He's got a bit of a thing for injury time goals. I saw him score one for the Met Police against Needham Market a few seasons ago. Um, this is his third club this season after leaving Braintree and St Albans. So I really hope he finds a home there. But personally, I'm quite disappointed with both results because I had a fiver on Hungerford and Dulwich Hamlet to win. Uh, and with both being one and up at one point, um, losing that is pretty galling. And that's why you don't bet, kids. <laughs> there you go. Don't listen to Uncle Tom, who's, who's squandering all his money on betting on football. <laughs> exactly. All right, on that note, uh, Tom, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, and enjoy the week. Yeah, we will do, and that is all for this week's NL Full Time. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at NL Full Time, or email us, nlfulltime at gmail.com. Also follow us on Facebook. Until then, we shall see you all next time.